Today's episode of The Sound of Sales is a great one for starting sales teams, teams that are looking to increase their sales, and sales professionals looking to build processes and procedures. I've invited Cedric. With a long track record in sales, he's currently helping sales teams putting these things in place. It is super important that when you start, you think about the systems that you are using. Because once it starts to roll and when things get on speed, it's often too late to think about them. It's a great episode and again, I've written a lot of stuff down that I can use for future reference. I am Bram and this is The Sound of Sales. Could you do me a quick favor if you're listening to this? Please hit the follow or subscribe button. It helps more than you think. Hiring based on outcome is, uh, is uh, absolutely uh, important. If you want to scale, if you want to grow, you need systems. This might be an assumption. Not everybody wants to become a sales executive. Kick things off. If I would ask your wife what you do for a living, what would she reply to me, Cedric? That I'm a salesperson. Definitely, I think that's... Uh, there's no denying uh, I'm a salesperson. What qualifies a salesperson for you? Well, um, many people think it's a, it's a good talker and this is only one part. Um, but we all know we have a two eyes and one mouth. It's being a good listener, so being very attentive. And I think that's a very important one. Uh, and that's maybe the first lesson that uh, people learn once they enter sales uh, is that listening part to, be, to start becoming successful. That's uh, indeed something that is often forgotten. I'm yeah, going to do yeah. my pitch. That's the <laughs> that's yeah. what's in the mind of most salespeople. <laughs> and it has to do with with part of stress. Eh? When when people talk, uh, it's it's nervous. You you can have the rejection when uh, you start the dial or start a conversation uh, or not. Um, and then you want to get it out of your system and then think, okay, will you buy? But that's not the way uh, sales goes, of course. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah, sales is like drastically changing. In the last few months, it's like a lot of focus on the human aspect. It's like you have to earn to pitch. How do you see it evolve? Yeah, and, and to be honest, I have a bit of mixed feelings in this. It, it, I, I started my career in uh, in complex sales and in, in, in million dollar deals, or it was before the euro even, so it was a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but then relation and, and trust were hugely important. And with the automation that is uh, happening now, with the social media, it was my impression that people started to hide a bit behind the tools and, and we are in the end still, we are only at the beginning of the automation. If you look at it, the, the, the real human to human automated interaction, but no, it, it, it is it is still very important. So people are, I think, trying to find back that, that humanity with using tools as well as having that uh, interaction with, with, with people as well. Uh, we, yeah. uh, w- with COVID, you realize how much people miss the human contact. Um, so uh, I, I really believe that people need uh, uh, and the human touch and the human uh, human contact. So um, um, the human aspect will always uh, stay there. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's in waves. Sometimes it's like more focus on that and sometimes it goes away again. I've seen a huge shift. There was a preach for you need to personalize every email and you need to spend five minutes on research, five minutes on that. 
and right now it's already shifting a little bit like it's getting scary if you do too much research (laughs) take it back a little bit yeah because then you go to the other side which is being trying to be perfect and nothing can ever be perfect so the, the 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 thing is just start but then just start uh, at least prepared, so you know uh, mm-hmm. who is your contact person, what is uh, uh, the what are the goals of, of the company you're calling into, and then have a conversation. Not okay, this is my my product. I'm gonna pitch what we what we just said. It's really mm-hmm. starting that conversation and and know that you, well only call or contact that person when you know you can deliver value. And I yeah. think that's a bit the uh, rather than going all out, uh, mass mail or, or, or whatever, really uh, focus on that, uh, starting that conversation. Yeah, two extremes. Too much research, yeah, true, too little true, research. True. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Or, or some gurus, eh? Yeah, yeah, or that. Um, to take it back a few years to yourself. So um, you recently made the jump from corporate environment into entrepreneurship, but if you, you you just said it, you were involved in million, well, uh, Belgian franc deals <laughs> before the euro. Um, what what was your journey? Yeah, so so I, I um, first of all, I wasn't thinking at all um, ever to be a real call it. Um, well, at that time, we did not really call it entrepreneur um, or, or tech founder or, or mm-hmm. you name it. But when when, when you look at the, my journey. Um, I, I started like many people, I think, in sales just because I was apparently a, a good talker. Uh, I was first thinking marketing, but I started quickly into sales, but I didn't know anything about sales. And I think I hit every possible wall you can hit in sales, um, making all the basic mistakes, trying going from trying to push to not knowing what to say, uh, not knowing anything about objection handling, having not any structure. So. Uh, and, and, and then, of course, a, a lot of one failing. Um, at the same time, I pretty quickly entered uh, tech sales where we had these huge deals. Um, and despite me not having any real sales skills, there was a huge demand for security. So I entered the security tech market and, um, um, and, and I learned a lot about evangelizing, uh, entering new technology, uh, creating trust. So the, the verbal side, yes. Um, but then asking for the sale and, and all these uh, these uh, these things that that really uh, you, you get the the, the hang of mm-hmm. either by by practicing or by having a, a, a trainers. Uh, this was something I really uh, struggled with for a, for a long time. Um, and and actually I skipped this uh, because I, I I I became pretty quickly a sales leader. So when I was thirty, okay. I drove by bus three days, two nights to, to Russia. And I uh, started working there as a, as a, a sales leader um, um, for tech companies, where I did not necessarily need to sell, just support uh, the salespeople, training salespeople and, and, and coaching salespeople. Um, and only later on, I really realized what makes a good salesperson and, and one, having that structure. And then secondly, uh, repetition. Uh, so um, I, I used to be a quite uh, uh, intense uh, practitioner of karate, uh, and there we did uh, thousands of kicks, thousands of hits, thousands of blockings, uh, not 10 times or 15 times, but really repetition, repetition, repetition. And when I combined what I learned intuitively in sales with then my repetition, 
and then what I learned from trainers, I became way more systematic. And then you really had that like that hockey stick effect into my skills yeah. and in the way I, I uh, um, uh, uh, coach uh, salespeople um, that really everything came together. And then th there was a massive increase in, in my performance. Uh, but it was in the end a, quite a long journey. That's pretty cool how you say that um, combining the strength of karate of the, what you learned there into your professional career. Did you did you make that minds shift uh, on a, on the day you woke up and you're like actually what we are learning there can apply that or did it come natural to you? It was actually afterwards, and then I then I was like, oh god, why didn't I think about this later? Then you start like like for example, um, um, one of the, the 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 first trips I went to Ukraine. I had in four days, so I lived in Russia at that time. I had uh, fifteen. Uh, meetings in four days and I was constantly repeating a pitch um, to, to, uh, to, 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 and I went every time more and more fluent and, and I had a buy-in and it was a very successful trip. And uh, then I realized actually uh, this is the way to go. And then I made a link that, uh, yeah, actually uh, in, in, in other things, uh, you also need to do repetition, but that, and, and then it, yeah. it's doing the right things right, not just randomly talking, we're really talking with an outcome in mind, uh, prepare your conversation, and so on and so on. So, so then I really uh, started to systemize my uh, my selling. Mm -hmm. And um, you mentioned that you became a sales leader pretty early on. Um, how did that come about? Did you yes. did you do something out of the world that like that company said we need you? So the, the fact is so the, the fact that there's a foreigner in, in, in Russia uh, so mm -hmm. people that that with schooling outside of Russia they were really um, uh, needed uh, at, at that okay. time uh, so they're amazing engineers and project managers uh, um, uh, on the commercial side there was at that time still a lot to learn uh, um, so uh, uh, I joined first of all uh, um, well first I had my own uh, representation and then I uh, worked for a, a, a Russian guy who had uh, representatives all over Russia um, and then um, yeah. I, I really started to, to training those a very quick uh, uh, turnover rates as well was just at that uh, moment where the Russian salary started to kick off. So the first mm -hmm. person, yeah, he, he, he tripled his salary in a couple of months time. So it was a very fast moving environment there. So constantly hiring, hiring, hiring people. Yeah. Um, and then when I was a year in, 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 in Russia, I got in contact with uh, somebody I worked with uh, before, a German guy, and uh, they were looking for somebody for uh, NVIDIA in, uh, in Russia. Uh, so NVIDIA is a, is a fabulous semiconductor company, and the, the, the role was to open the market. Um, and the, the, the channel market on the one side, and secondly, also talking to uh, the market, to the press, uh, in evangelizing, again, the technology, uh, why do you need that type of graphic? So it was a very strategic uh, and a very high impact role. Um, and then again, I, I had the chance uh, due, to, due to the performance to build up my team. Um, and yeah, uh, have at that time an amazing uh, sales uh, journey. Yeah. How did you end up in Russia? <laughs> Well, I was uh, at that time I was married to a Russian woman, and then uh, we decided to move to Russia. So uh, okay, that, 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 that was the reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like something overnight that you think um, I'm gonna find a job in Russia mm. right now. <laughs> no, it was not. I, I, I was thinking to 
leave Belgium. I definitely want mm-hmm. to have an, an international experience. Uh, and the reality is, I only have had international experience uh, uh, since then. Uh, I, I did come back from Russia back to Belgium uh, for a number of years, uh, but in the meantime, uh, I've been uh, seven years in Dublin. So, and um, um, there's so many uh, opportunities outside of Belgium. So um, that's so, true. Yeah. yeah. If you if you look back to those days, is there a particular moment that is printed on your mind? Something can be good or bad, but uh, what do you remember? The, the the amazing growth that that country and, and the region had at that time, uh, plus, um, and, and this is something that that, that, that I still uh, recognize uh, when I enter either new customers or new territories. Um, so I managed 16 countries, going from Serbia, which was a very small um, uh, hardware market compared with Russia, which was a huge market. Um, and whatever market you are in, you want to spend as much attention to the people you talk to. Uh, they deserve as much respect as uh, the, the biggest uh, company than, than, than in Russia. Um, and, and not just because you want to win that market, um, but because it's, it's, it's the right thing to do to give them as much support. And everybody says, yes, but we are. And then they say the name of their nation or the name of their nationality. So when you go to France, they say, oh, in France, it's difficult business. In UK, they say, oh, it's in UK, it's difficult business. So everybody says in their own country, it's difficult business uh, as a kind of an apology. But every time we, we, we manage to be successful um, and then we come back to the human aspects, there are only a handful of really human drivers, the, the, the ones and uh, the people want to have, uh, um, uh, they want to take care of their family, they want to have a legacy, leave something behind. Um, they, it's either an ego. So, so there are a few drivers and you always find them back. That's true. And if you, right now, um, you decided to leave all that behind, so you're making the jump. It's also the name of your book that um, yeah. <laughs> that you've written. Um, so the book and this jump is something completely else. But um, if you if you look at why you made the jump right now, so you you're yeah. leaving behind the sales infrastructure, um, and uh, you're becoming the full time entrepreneur. Yes, and, and I've been an entrepreneur a couple of times, and um, um, either you are an entrepreneur, I think, or you're not, it has to do with a um, yeah. sense of freedom, I think. Um, and um, I'm, I'm very good in startup and scale-up environments, and I'm less, um, uh, let me say it, less efficient in uh, more mature uh, organizations. And, uh, mm-hmm. than, I believe in processes. I 100% believe in systems. Systems is, by the way, the, the key of my uh, my, my new uh, venture. Uh, um, however, I'm I'm less uh, for um, the 100 processes oriented uh, organizations, and um, mm-hmm. where there is a gap in the market. And when I speak to scaleups and and startups uh, founders, first of all, not all of them have definitely not all of them have a sales experience. And secondly, they don't have uh, the systems to be successful. And if you look at uh, James Clear, the, the, the author of uh, Atomic Habits, where he says, you don't rise to the goals of your uh, uh, goal, uh, you don't rise to the level of your goals, but you fall to the, the level of your systems. Um, that's a very profound um, 
um, a thing to say, of course. And if you want to scale, if you want to grow, you need systems. Ah, as as mm -hmm. when I mentioned my, my journey, when everything was intuitive, um, because of some luck, I, I could grow with the success of the demand of the market, but I did not have the, the inherent skill, a systemized way of uh, selling, of pipeline management, uh, and so on. Um, and, and companies really can dramatically grow when they start with those systems and um, start to use those systems uh, repeatedly and systematically to, to grow faster, uh, especially today. When you look at the, the uh, employment situation, and there, it's very hard to find uh, employees. So why not try to or aim to optimize your existing capacity rather than trying to hire more, more people? They're so hard to find today. Mm -hmm. and, and if you look at it, so uh, companies that I helped, uh, when, when they go from 20% uh, customer facing time to 60% customer facing time, it has a dramatic uh, uh, improvement also on their sales and on sales cycles going from 12 months to, to three months. So with, with, with a few, uh, by implementing a few systems, you can have a dramatic uh, impact already. And it's something that often when when you're starting out, for example, a startup founder or a new VP or, or whatever, it's often also the question like, where do I start? There's so yeah. much out there. Um, and it seems like indeed a lot of people forget about structured processes. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of times ad hoc situations where we need revenue. So we're going to increase our outreach with 200 prospects um, in order to find new uh, new revenue, for example. that is that is also something that you've noticed and, and why you believe that processes are really the way to go? Yeah, and that's good. And on the one hand, as long as you test, as long as you optimize, and then you need a system, you need a feedback loop, you need a feedback system. And then once you know uh, what works or what works at that moment, then you execute relentlessly. So uh, yeah. this is uh, very important. And then also, when you start having uh, opportunities in your pipeline or deals in your pipeline, that you have a way of, okay, uh, we are in, in this pipeline stage. What do I need to do to progress this pipeline or to progress this deal? Um, mm -hmm. and, and that this happens in a consistent way. Otherwise, you will uh, have, uh, if you have a couple of salespeople, uh, one person will... Uh, uh, put something in one stage, other one in another stage, and then it's very hard already to to uh, start forecasting, uh, to know what money is coming in, uh, what resources you, do you need to allocate uh, where, eh? especially in, in, in the early days, it's uh, uh, critical to allocate the resources uh, at the right uh, right time. So uh, that's why I would not necessarily wait until you have uh, your so-called so scaling, but as soon as you have something that works, put it into a system, um, and, and, and start executing it. And, and if you see the efficiency goes down uh, and investigate why and then adjust then and go on again. And then there's a big difference for me between the processes and, and the systems. Okay. If you look in big companies, they don't question this, the, the, the processes that are in, in, in place. Um, yeah. While if you build a system, you can keep on the system. Okay, how can you optimize? And and then you uh, you constantly have to have that uh, feedback loop. And and it's mm -hmm. on several levels, right? So it goes on from alignment, what we want to achieve, or we all aligned within the organization. Then it goes from optimizing your existing tools um, and your existing uh, um, um, 
uh, yeah, mainly tools, your, 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 your forecasting and so on. And it goes for how can we optimize our existing capacity that we have? And then how can we optimize our existing uh, uh, planning so that you can keep growing as a, as a company? Where do you notice that the, the most problems are? Where most companies are really struggling in terms of thinking and processes? And that's a good question, because the thing is, if you look at even the beginning, when you start aligning goal setting, it can have dramatic consequences if you are not all aligned. And big companies, I have literally seen where there was a CEO assigned and the middle management said, no, we won't follow what that person has done. This is our interpretation of the goals. Um, and, and yeah, this was obviously not the right way to go. So, so on, on any step, uh, there can be, be problems. And if you look on, on the sales side, it's um, um, the documenting uh, is an important one. If you don't document, if you don't know what is, uh, who is following the process, uh, what is being done, then you cannot start measuring and then you cannot start uh, fine-tuning uh, 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 the process and the system. Yeah, it's very relatable. <laughs> it's something that I noticed from from my own experience, but also from people that I know. It's like um, it's hard to get started with documenting. It's hard to get started with putting systems in place. Uh, and like you say, sometimes when you start doing that, when the growth is starting, then it's much more difficult to to implement that or yeah, to look yeah. back into time yeah. like okay what are we now doing and why is it yeah. working yeah and, and this is where where i help so i want to have the frameworks and i can give the the, the advice also uh, uh, around mm -hmm. it so because that you have a framework that you don't have to start from scratch um and then you can fill it in you can test it and then uh, uh on, on the fine-tuning side uh, we can work together um because mm -hmm. many people um, many founders are tech founders and they don't have time to reskill themselves to full-time salespeople, and they don't have time to start testing, building frameworks themselves. So uh, you can really save yeah. uh, much more time by bringing in uh, uh, temporarily some some uh, external person rather than uh, waiting till you might uh, hire later on a VP sales. It doesn't make yeah. any sense to wait till then, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. Relatable. Relatable. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> it's also a super close connection with the culture of your company right um because if that if that isn't set into uh, i call it a results oriented culture if if that isn't in the mind of the people it's going to be hard to put a system in place as well i guess yeah 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 true true and and this should be one of the expectations uh, so so when I started uh, 20 plus years ago, there were a bunch of these relationship builders. And when you had those pipeline uh, uh, reviews there in the in the room, like, yeah, this deal will come. And then they went to lunch somewhere and you name it. <laughs> but I did not learn anything from this. Uh, while when you have that uh, uh, system in place, everybody is aligned. What needs to happen when um, everybody learns from each other um, and sometimes it's easier to do this with a new hire because then it's just okay this is the way things are and this is the way we we we, we do our day-to-day -day job uh, rather than trying to convince or build insights with the existing sales people to start documenting start reporting uh, start uh, reporting what you document so this is a, a very important uh, uh, thing as well 
um, and, and that's why yeah, hiring is a hiring based on outcome is uh, is uh, absolutely uh, important on this. Yeah. How do you hire based on outcome? Yeah, that's 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 a good one, and I failed a couple of times uh, because it's more than having in that in that having a, 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 a nice uh, a nice uh, conversation. It's really understanding do those people do they, do they have a systematic way of working? Do they have a drive? Uh, are they entrepreneurial? And do they have the growth mindset? So these for me the four things I, I really uh, okay. uh, look at. Um, so I, I would not say don't don't hire people that come from a big name um, because that seems a bit no the trend in the market don't hire people coming from big companies for that and that reason I don't believe in this either um, because they do tend to come with a, with a big way of of having a systematic way of uh, of uh, 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 working with with customers and you have the big name and then you have those uh, attitude. Uh, uh, aspects as well and I think that's a very important one to have that combination mm. but um, but yeah the hiring aspects is, uh, is is absolutely crucial yeah and especially in the beginning yeah 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 indeed do you test those things is that is that true a real test or is that true conversation that you have with candidates um, to make sure that they have that mindset yeah definitely so um, First of all, it's sales play to understand how they talk to customers. Mm-hmm. Do they have a sales methodology? Some when sort they of talk? role play type thing. Then, yeah, this is this is one thing to understand the sales skills and not necessarily yeah. okay. If you have one hundred percent good sales skills, we will hire you. If not, we will not hire you because yeah. we all have gaps. We try to assess where are the gaps. Do they understand that they have those gaps? And then when do they understand that they have those gaps? How are they working on it themselves? When people say to me, yeah, I want to become the best salesperson in the world. Okay, then tell me what uh, what podcast are you following? Uh, what book, what was the last book about sales you read? And if they cannot answer this, then okay, whatever you're saying is not whatever you're doing. And and this is a this is important to know, to know as well. Yeah, it's something from salespeople. They can sell themselves very well. <laughs> yeah, true, true. It's, it's, a, it's a matter of getting through that layer of BS, to say it like that. <laughs> that is, and it's, if you look at the pressure today, if you need people and then you have mm-hmm. a good talker, then you might, and you, there's a good chance you make a wrong hire. Uh, if, you, if you find somebody with that has a lot of potential then it's uh, uh, much better if they have the growth attitude if they really are eager to learn to take those people yeah yeah is there a moment that that you think um in terms of like hiring these types of people are there moments that you think i wish i knew that sooner that was something that i learned the hard way and then all candidates that were after that i knew like that's my bullshit grader or something like that well there are still people uh that uh, fall through my uh, bullshit grader uh so (laughs) it's really it's a work in progress that's for sure i did learn to make a difference between uh, hiring people that i like versus hiring people that have the right cv um I, i really like hiring people that have been entrepreneur okay because those people, when, when they know, when they don't sell, they don't have uh, food. Not to say it in, a, in an extreme way. They have that uh, grittiness, that thoroughness. Uh, they want to learn because they want to 
uh, want to make money, they want to grow. Um, but still, it, it is very hard to, to, to especially in today's environment, to, to uh, really uh, take your time to make a decision. Um, and when I think, you know, of, of the wrong hires, there was, there was always something nagging in the back of my head. And then it's uh, not uh, taking a step back and listening, okay, do we need to fill that role? Or can we uh, wait a couple of more weeks and, and, and work with the right candidate? Yeah, because hiring is one thing, but it's firing them again. It's a lost opportunity. There's a lot of time lost. A lot of time, a lot of momentum, eh, especially for startups, the first hires, they, they are they're so important. Yeah, and it's often forgotten indeed because as a founder, for example, if you start hiring, you think I need this skill set, but you mm. look for someone who thinks like you, who sells like you, but founder sales is completely different than the first sales hire. And what you then notice, yeah. and I've seen it with a lot of startup companies, you notice that these first salespeople, for example, or first marketeers, they have this high pressure on them that they need to perform like they are a founder selling. That's that's just not good for culture yeah. or for and, the person. And, and I think that the right thing to do is not to step away from a sales role as when you have mm -hmm. salespeople, uh, but you support them. Um, the, the CEO handshake is, is still such an important event. Uh, people start like to talk to CEOs and the, the visionaries and let the sales um, bring in the deal in the end, but, but support the, 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 the salesperson uh, definitely. Uh, and, and I would not hire immediately the VP sales. That's not uh, needed either. The, definitely the, the, yeah. the first two, three, four hires, just let them do, support them, uh, test, learn, um, and, and, and then see who would be a good type of VP sales uh, to hire. It's something that I discussed with Guillaume from Lemlist. Um, they still do it. They're, they're currently at, I think, 10 or 11 million ARR. Um, but from the beginning on, they hired people and they let them do full stack sales. So they scouted the deals. They needed to do everything. Is that something that you believe in that could work? Yeah, I believe in it. I, I'm still thinking. So I was working as a consultant for another company where uh, inside sales was doing the full stack uh, mm -hmm. for several reasons and there wasn't as the other department that i set up to support the the field sales um because field sales it's it's complex sales you need a lot of customer intimacy you need to know a lot of people inside uh, organizations especially it was for the uk so so the companies are huge there um so there it makes sense but on fast moving inside you really can do with uh, uh full stack sales definitely um mm -hmm. And even so on, on customer success, there is definitely, obviously, there is definitely a role for customer success. I think sales, inside sales should be uh, much faster involved to challenge the current situation within a customer to create that upsell. A lot of customer success um, um, setups are still pretty reactive or still pretty, um, let me say, campaign driven. The current campaign, is there a churn risk, yes or no? Is there, is there a use? How can you optimize the use? And yeah. so on. However, on the strategic level, I think there could be a, much sooner a role for uh, uh, inside sales again. Mm -hmm. 
And and do you think it, um, it remains, or at some point your your company is mature enough uh, where you can split it into different divisions? Because I think if that moment comes, it's like a huge shift in your organization. But on the other hand, I think you can't hold on to full stack sales because at some point your company will start to grow or you're going to move into new markets, you're going to move into enterprise or whatever, or maybe you're already an enterprise. Um, it's going to require different skill sets, I believe. Yeah, exactly. So I think there is a move upward. Your inside sales is evolving. There will be a, or there is a moment of automation. So I think that level of automation will go up. So depending on, on maybe if you look at a company like a Lemlist, the automation is maybe at 200, uh, maybe at 200 euro a year, and then it might grow to 1,000 a year, uh, and and so on. For other companies, the automation might be at 20k, and then it goes up. Inside sales will keep on evolving. Um, where I see the segmentation is on that verticalization, and and I think this is where the the big profit comes from. Uh, uh, growing companies where you maybe come if, if you go back to maybe your company at a certain moment you will need sector specialists um, whether it's let me say in, in in SaaS companies or traditional manufacturing companies they need the same skill set they need in the sense they need the same product however they need somebody who can say to you okay uh, I'm the specialist for SaaS tech companies and I will yeah. tell you when you need that solution and I will bring you my technical support or my technical uh, specialist to help you uh, uh, setting up the solution. But somebody who knows everything about tech sales or everything about uh, another sector. And I think yeah. that's that's the next level of growth, uh, that, that verticalization uh, and then automation where you have uh, um, more and more automation on the inside sales, but still doing full stack. Yep, yep, I see what you mean. That, that would make sense. But I think... Like for example, for that... that yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so for example, the the, the company, I, I set the inside sale, uh, the, the, the SDR department up for. Um, I set up the, the, the SDR department based on sectors because the field sales was a selected... Uh, you had the gas, you had the utilities, you had the government, so you had banking, you had a few very big verticals. And besides this, I had the more senior people being uh, SDRs, being responsible for the uh, the, the biggest verticals, um, simply because of the, the impact. And, and yeah. if you look at the most senior SDR at that time, she only needed eight conversations to bring in an, an SQL, a sales qualified lead, while a junior SDR, he needed or she needed uh, 40 conversations in, in order to bring one lead. So. It was important to, to drive qualified leads to high revenue um, uh, sectors uh, with very long sales cycles so that the pipeline could be filled up while then the, yep. the, the lower sales cycles also had due to the sheer volume uh, their SQLs coming in uh, ultimately. Yeah, but you always have the people that are doing those jobs, they want more. Uh, they, they start as an SDR, they want to become an account executive uh, and eventually, uh, um, is that something that you noticed or that you could think of that could form a problem in that type of sales? Yeah, and this might be an assumption. Not everybody wants to become a sales executive. That, that was that, that, that was also my idea. So the, the, the senior SDR I was talking about, of course, I wanted to have her as an SDR, eh, especially for 12 to the 18 coming months. 
she did, did not want to become a people uh, uh, manager. So okay. I designed um, um, mini promotions like uh, um, SDRs had four different mini promotions. And every time the, the basic salary went up a bit, the bonus went up a bit, um, the verticals uh, moved as well. They became involved into uh, uh, onboarding people. So, so you really try to find ways to keep people in that SDR spot while they know the company is growing. So there is a spot into inside sales and then moving up into a senior inside sales and then moving into field sales or into the people management. So when the career pathing is clear, then you can design something for where everybody feels uh, uh, happy and, and, and um, well, uh, rewarded uh, in, into the company. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the, the moment is when, when you don't have this, um, and it exists uh, when, when you have, okay, this is the AE role, this is the executive uh, role, and there is no path for you to become um, yeah. a, a field salesperson because either maybe you're, you don't live in that country or you, need, you, you suddenly need a degree or whatever the, the, the reason is, then you start losing uh, people. So having that career mm -hmm. pathing is, as you say, Bram, is, is very important. Yeah, it's something that I, I got quite some feedback on that video that I launched about full stack sales. Um, people that said it, it, it can't work or people that said it, it will work, I see it. But I think a big part of it is that career path. Because you can be a startup and you can decide tomorrow, I'm gonna do full stack sales. It's cheaper because I don't need different roles. Mm -hmm. You will probably need more experienced people because they need to be able to do the full stack, but anyway. But I think what is most overlooked is you're not just putting it in one role, but you need to give these people perspective. Otherwise, after a year, they will be gone. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I know quite a lot of people that are so good in full stack sales. They don't even like getting leads in. They really want to hit the phone, start talking to people, say, okay, yeah. give it to me. And, and uh, <laughs> so the people, they do exist and they're very successful. Um, and, and then what you also see is what is an SQL? What is an MQL? So the whole pathing, there's, there's very often um, uh, the, the the conversation and between marketing or between SDRs, all uh, when other SDRs they don't give me the good leads, let me do my own uh, uh, yeah. calling out. But there's there's a mix. I also have people that are strange to say that that are afraid to make that first dial and then okay, put me in front of a customer and then I will close. So. Mm -hmm. Being able to segment, eh? so so this is what I what I did uh, uh, in, in in companies that I worked. This, despite a certain um, way of working we were in, it's important to look at what are the skills we have in our team and uh, uh, find a right approach for them so they can be successful. Yeah. Don't try to fit everybody in a little box. Um, and, and sometimes in big companies or suddenly if you say, okay, I need to hire 100 salespeople or 200 salespeople or, or more, then you really run the risk to, to put people in a box uh, to yeah. run the process. And I understand to make it scalable. Uh, however, this is not always the, the right long-term uh, solution, especially if you don't have that mm -hmm. career pathing in, uh, with you. You have yeah. huge companies that do it right. Eh? Like if you look at uh, Salesforce, they really have that career uh, pathing uh, right where you start as an uh, an SDR, then you, you can go to inside sales, you can go back then uh, in Dublin, then you can go back to country to become a field sales. So so there are companies that are doing it uh, very well. So I'm, I'm not just saying only small companies yeah. can uh, 
can can uh, can do it right no definitely not um but it is a challenge yeah yeah well, of course salesforce is one of the biggest companies in the world <laughs> <laughs> and they're successful obviously right so <laughs> yeah they do, they, they do something right yeah <laughs> yeah Forty thousand employees i thought uh, when i last checked yeah. that's yeah, insane yeah. The, the the thing is so so i was talking to to a, 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 a high performance coach as well and she said that um never try to fit people into boxes uh, we are not robots um and, and try to know what you can get out of them what what is the the global outcome we want to achieve as a team yeah. uh, even in sales when it's closing maybe but who you close to how you close you have different type of customers even if you run run a book of business or a territory so assign the people on the right type of customers to have the right type of conversations uh, mm-hmm. rather than uh, blindly assigning um, a book and that's the way you you you, you go for it uh, and that's that's not the the most intelligent way of thinking for me but it's super difficult if you don't have experience in that it's, yeah, it is. It, yeah and then I, I link it back to what I'm familiar with is startups and companies that just start to grow. It's you're just doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. That's, and then that, uh, again, that, that, that's testing, right? And don't be afraid to immediately have a nurture strategy. If if it doesn't work in your first pitch, so there, there, are mm-hmm. two, there are multiple possibilities, right? So either it's because, okay, let, let us assume that the pitch was good. Maybe you did not even speak to the right uh, customer profile. Maybe that customer is completely out of your ideal customer profile. However, your, your product fit in the beginning is based on assumptions, maybe 10, 20, 30 interviews with, with customers, maybe an MVP built, built uh, around this. But then you need to start focusing, testing your uh, assumptions based on the reality, based on, yeah. uh, and and then uh, when when you're there, um, you need a nurturing strategy. You, you you never know when you when you say, okay, listen, uh, this is now a moment. You have a successful case. Let's um, um, uh, put the people that you put into nurturing back into our sales funnel and start uh, uh, reaching out to them. Yeah. And then the the, the third thing is that uh, you speak to the right person within uh, that company. If you know your, the, the company you're targeting can have a solution, uh, can, can use your solution, um, but when you speak to an operational person that says, oh, if, if I use that solution, I'm gonna have so much more work, I'm gonna say no to it. However, you speak to a business person or a decision maker, they, they know from the wider scope that they have over the business that yes, this, this could be a very good solution, then yeah. maybe, uh, Change your con- change the contact person within the organization. So there are yeah. a few things to to take into account and and to do even from the beginning. Also, something often overlooked is yeah, you you take an organization with one hundred people, you take one person out of it, person says no, and the whole organization is no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Then they never True. look back to that account, and then it's like yeah, they they don't want to buy. Exactly, and and or but then those are classics, right? Uh, you only tried once. Uh, but yeah. those are classics everybody know this um, and, and but this still. is really something yeah yeah it, it is I know because we, we don't have we have a limited amount of time and we have a, uh, our yeah. target list to, to, to contact uh, still um, uh, as you said uh, but, but um, if you have a target you know your the, the company can benefit from it uh, having that pitch right and then talking to that right person try to identify who is that right person it's it's mm-hmm. worth uh, the, the the investment in, the, in time yeah a few minutes back you said something about 
commissions and pay of, of salespeople. It's something that in the recent days I've saw appear on LinkedIn a lot that people are starting to question SDR and account executives commissions uh, because they feel like it's a way of paying them lower and then putting a whole lot on a bonus. How do, how do you feel about the commission system? Oh, I love a commission system. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm, my thing is uh, when I negotiated pay or negotiated a pay, I looked at the OTE. I did not care at all what is the base or what is the, the variable. Uh, okay, I realize if you look at the pension funds and so on, it's based on the pace on, 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 on the on, on the yeah. base. Uh, but in all, you look at the, the OTE and then what is the accelerator? So um, I don't mind if the base pay is lower than an average pay. Absolutely not. If you are or when you are uh, a salesperson with a drive, then you will hit that 100%, that's that's a base, and then you will start hitting your accelerators. So that's why for me it's important, how does a bonus structure uh, looks like? Is it capped, is it uncapped? Because you have, you have you do have companies, and for me it is uh, mind-blowing, you can only reach your 100%, or even uh, if you have 95%, they don't pay out any of your bonus. So it, it should also be there a smart staged uh, bonus system uh, uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and then you, you have the different uh, variables uh, as well and, and uh, mm -hmm. don't make it too complex but definitely for me the 100% OTE and I also look into this when when people uh, when I talk to people about it do they see money as something bad or do you, uh, as something dirty or do you see it as a tool to obtain something uh, the freedom uh, doing your goals going back to study buying a home uh, supporting my family I know people that uh, support their family uh, in thousands of kilo kilometers away and they, they have a drive um, and they don't try to keep all the money for themselves. They, they know why they work. Mm -hmm. But it's, 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 for it's for example with junior people that it's sometimes it weighs heavy on the chest because they have that uh, they have that uh, target of 300,000 euros, for mm -hmm. example, and only then they have their 100%. Um, you have a lot of people that even before they start, it's like, how am I going to do this? And then they do all the things that you shouldn't do when doing sales. They're going to straight in pitch. They're going to do this, that, that. Um, I think in, in my mind, it's something, a bonus system that you implement when you're very sure about the number that you set. Is it reachable? Like, but how do you know it's reachable for a specific person? You almost have to be a psychologist to, to read the person's mind. Like, is this person going to be able to reach that? Is that something that you play along with or is it is it like one fits all? Bonus system wise, in general, yes, one size fits all. Target setting wise, no, because everybody has a ramp up stage. Mm -hmm. So definitely give somebody nine months to 12 months, give them a lower target, definitely to give them the sense of success. And, and yeah. what is also very important, if you set them stretch goals and, and definitely for high performance, you need to set them stretch goals with extra uh, incentives besides the bonus system. Um, um, when 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 you, when you set the goals, make sure that they can reach them by building an an, um, an onboarding structure. Don't say, okay, you have one afternoon uh, when you start working with us, an afternoon to get to know the products, and then this is the phone. 
um, that you also have a, a two weeks, a one month uh, onboarding uh, with, with courses, shadow sessions, uh, sales mm -hmm. plays, so that the people from day one, they join till day 15, day 30, when they're ready to hit the phone, that they really are burning like, give me, give me, give me the phone. Um, I know when I when I started <clears throat> over four, yeah, over five years ago uh, at Indeed, the onboarding system was fantastic. You really felt the temperature rising on, 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 on around the tables uh, that, okay, please put me behind the phone. I'm ready to call. The products are fantastic. The onboarding is fantastic. So that, that was brilliantly done uh, from Indeed. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then you really saw them really jumping out of uh, their, their, their seats and, and it was a fantastic, it is a fantastic atmosphere. Um, um, you really need this and, and, and it gives, it makes it, it sets the people up for success. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's something, again, depending on the culture of the company, depending on who is running the company, it can either make or break um, for an SDR that just starts. Because sometimes you just say that here's LinkedIn Learning and um, I've, I've highlighted a few courses that I think you should take. And then here's a playlist of Winning by Design on YouTube that I think you should uh, take a look at. And then um, that's it. You're ready to go. Yeah. Well, you had a few L&D people, uh, people on the podcast and it is a critical, it is a very, not just strategic role, it's a mission critical role. Uh, and I 100% agree that they... they uh, uh, need to have uh, an important uh, seat uh, on the table when when people mm -hmm. decide on strategy, sales onboarding. It's absolutely critical. Yeah, yeah, I believe that as well. And and it's something as well. It's like what you said about systems and processes, and and actually everything we've discussed is about set it in stone from the beginning. Make sure that once you start hiring for SDRs or salespeople, that you have that structure in place, even if it's trial and error but have something so you don't burn your people immediately and and all that sort of stuff i would not set it in stone i would set it in no, walks but... <laughs> uh, <the>, <laughs> it always should be changeable uh, always and, and again this is the, the big difference between uh, startups and scale-ups the testing environment the agile environment versus mature companies yeah. um, mature companies start to look at the process and they don't ask questions why is there a process in the first place? Maybe you can even remove the complete process. If you look at the Amazon shop concept, where, where you know have uh, 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 nobody in, in, in the in the shops that, that that's working there, you just take the, yeah. the, the the stuff and you're automatically checked out. So that's I love brilliant. that. <laughs> there there's one in Ghent, the 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 personless uh, store. Um, and you're always the, the only buyer there as well. There's nobody there. It's like an empty store. <laughs> it's brilliant. You, you remove all the processes of taking the product, putting it yeah. in your box, putting it back on the on the belt, having it, somebody yeah. else takes it, pays it. So all these steps are gone. And I think we should always be able to challenge this uh, in any organization. Uh, that's why I, I'm really pretty adamant on saying we don't put, we don't set things in stone. We have a, we set the foundation, and the name of our company is Jump Foundation, and then so that we can jump, but we keep on challenging what we have uh, set. Yeah, but it's yeah, but it's important to start early on. Um, oh, definitely. I had a conversation yeah, with a lot of these people from sales enablement backgrounds. It's like companies start too late with thinking about mm -hmm. enablement. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, probably definitely. the same thing that you will preach with your company is like people start too late with thinking about systems and processes. 
Yeah, you, you miss a lot of insights and then uh, mm -hmm. you, you need to start measuring because you need somehow having somewhere a baseline uh, yeah. so that you can start improving. If you don't have a baseline, you, you cannot start improving because you don't know if it's the best thing you can do or not. <laughs> yeah, true. As a, as a last question for you, um, if tomorrow I call you and I say, Cedric, I, uh, I have a billboard for you um, at the side of the road, what would be your quote that you put on the billboard? Um, be yourself. Um, the, 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 the thing is, we all, I, I, it's an assumption we all, at least in my case, um, I was being somebody I thought I had to be. Um, and then you realize way too late in life that that's not uh, the goal. And being really yourself, being authentic, um, because I really believe then you'll be uh, the most successful um, because people will see that you're genuine, will trust you faster. Uh, you are who you are, and thanks to your experiences uh, and, and, and everything else, your upbringing and everything else. Um, so be yourself. Um, in, in the end, it, it's only best for you and your environment. Mm -hmm. Often forgotten as well. Yeah, true, yeah. true. <laughs> and yeah, again, there, that's a very... So I, I, I'm, I'm a very creative person. I, I used to be a, a very uh, a big heart person. And then when, when I entered business, uh, I, I knew analytics were important. Mm -hmm. But I was going so, so deep into this that I, I forgot a lot of uh, the, the heart aspect that connecting with generally mm -hmm. connecting with people aspect. Uh, and, and it took me years and, and it, I'm st it's still a work in progress to really find that balance between connecting your heart uh, with, with your mind. And it's uh, um, um, and that's why I say if I knew this last maybe years, years, years ago, um, I, I would have been er able earlier on to, uh, to, to have that balance. That's what life throws at you, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, yes, yes. It throws you. It throws you things, and it's it's about how you handle things. Yeah, but, that's uh, it. Eventually, yeah. everything lands on its feet, as always. Yeah, that's true. And then you can jump. And then jump. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I will link your book uh, and your organization uh, below um, the podcast for everyone who wanted to check it out. Um, Thank you. I would love to thank you for joining me on the Sound of Sales. Thank you, Bram. I really appreciate the invitation. I really had a blast uh, talking about all things sales and uh, yeah. best of luck with your podcast and uh, with your venture. Thank you.